0: So, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, happy holidays. What's wrong with Merry Christmas? You know, I I picture um, Santa Claus saying, you know, ho, 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 happy holidays. Right? Isn't that what happens? You know, even Santa gets it right. But my question this morning is what I want to talk about this morning is what's the big deal? What's the problem? Well, I'll tell you what the big deal is. You know that I'm going to tell you, right? What we're talking about here, we're talking about something that has never happened before, nor ever will happen again. You know, when a child is born, when a baby is born, and uh, I'll take this opportunity to announce, in their absence that I'm going to be a grandfather again. It's still kind of messed up up here, guys. So yeah, it'll be number five. I'm just getting younger and younger. But when a, when a child is born, the life of that child begins, right? And we look forward to what that child will become. We, you know, uh, it's, it's all ahead of them. There's no past history, right? Unless you believe in the false doctrine... The false teaching of what? Reincarnation, which is, you know, well, you know, the, it's interesting to me how they justify that. They say, well, you know, haven't you ever had these moments of deja vu? Yeah. But, you know, you probably had some bad food the night before or something, you know. Some kind of a brain hiccup happens and you feel like you've been there before and you've never been there before. But that in itself is enough to. Tell us that, re- that reincarnation is true, right? That's all I need, right? Some kind of strange, weird feeling. But it was very, very different. And what I want to talk about is Jesus. I always want to talk about Jesus. It's very, very different when Jesus was born. We call it the incarnation. I'm not carnation, not flower, but the incarnation. You know what that word means? I want, to, you know, I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. It's called God taking flesh. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 1. I'm going to look at an, quite a few different verses today. Uh, but John chapter one we'll spend a number of uh, uh, verses in John and Matthew and Luke and Colossians, a lot of different places, because this is very, very important. What's the big deal? That's the question. What's the big deal? Why can't we just say, you know, for us, Happy Holidays? That's all it is. What's the big deal? Look at verse 1, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See that there? And then look down, jump down to verse 14. And you've you've all heard these verses before, but I think it's important. Verse 14, the word that he just talked about in verse 1, the word what? Became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is what we call the incarnation. He became flesh. He took on the body of human nature, human flesh, not not sinful human nature, but the physical human flesh incarnation. Takes on flesh. So what's the big deal? When you, when you think about this here, what's the big deal here? What's, yeah, so when you when you understand what he's saying here is that God came to earth. God came to earth. Do you understand that? Do you can you can you fathom that? That God came to earth. Not just another little baby being born, and and I love, you know, when when children are born, babies are born, and it's so exciting. But this was very different from every other and from any other. That God came to earth. Emmanuel, they said it this morning in their their songs. Emmanuel. Look back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 says that in verse 21... We know all these verses again, but he says she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Emmanuel not just the name but it means something it means that God came down what's the big deal God came down what's the big deal what does it say here what does the scripture teach us that this baby was born of a virgin what's the big deal oh that that it says here that this baby this child that came down that God came down that says that he would save his people from their sins how can we ask the question what's the big deal But but another question is like it. Why are are people so against it? Why are they making such a big deal of this fact? Why are they fighting against it so much? Well, really, people do not want to acknowledge that God came down. People do not want to acknowledge His Word. They don't see the need for a Savior. There's no sin. Why why do we need a Savior? Sin is just something that, that people made up. But I think it's very um, dishonest, to say the least, for us to have that kind of a concept, that there's no such thing as sin in the world. There's no such thing as, as evil in the world. There's no such thing as a sinful nature within us. I think it's intellectually and morally dishonest, because I think the truth is we all know. I don't need to hammer you and say, you are filthy, rotten sinners, because most of us, We've lived long enough to, like, know, like, that's already the truth. Tell me something I don't know and help me get out of it, right? Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So, what's the big deal? Happy holidays. That's good enough, isn't it? But Jesus, God the Son, the God of eternity, we just read there in... in, uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? Let's turn back to Genesis 1.1, 1, 1. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, from the beginning of our scripture, of this book. It says, in the beginning, what? God created the heavens and the earth. We saw there in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Now we go back here in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, same kind of language. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Another one of the things about Jesus Christ that we need to understand, and, 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 and you say, well, this is all kind of doctrine and teaching well, we need to understand these are the foundations of our faith. That God came down, and so for God to come down, that means that Jesus existed before He what? Took on a body, right? Jesus existed with God in heaven. Look at verse 26 there in John, uh, Genesis chapter 1. What does it say there? Then God said, what? Let us make man in our image. In our likeness, he says, "Let us make man in our image." You see, the, the doctrine of the Trinity is found from the very first chapter: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, eternally existent. Jesus wasn't, you know, just uh, you know, come on the scene like, like uh, any other normal child would. You know, when a child is born, that's you know, they've just come. Jesus existed before. Like I said, he had a a history. And for us to know what that history is, he was there at creation. This child that was born, that we're talking about, he had history. He already was. Turn back to John chapter 8 with me. I'm going to make you move quickly here. John chapter 8 and verse 53 says this. He's talking with the Jews and, and having kind of a debate back and forth with them. In verse 53, it says, They said to Jesus, Are you greater than our father Abraham? They, you know, they looked at Abraham as you know, uh, the, the great man of faith, the father of faith. It says, He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Well, Jesus replied, He says, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. And if I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it and was glad. And they responded to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. And at this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Before Abraham was born, he said, I am. He's always been as part of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the preexistence of Jesus Christ. What's the big deal? That Jesus, God the Son, came to earth. Who do you think you are? You see, that's part of the response to people that people have to Jesus. That's part of the problem that we have in our society. that They want to get rid of uh, any mention about Christmas, Christ, Mass, the birth of Jesus Christ. Because people have that attitude. Who do you think you are? Cross up on the hill. Who do you think you are to, to have a cross up on the hill telling me something, anything? I'm the master of my own destiny. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to have anybody tell me anything. We talked in a couple weeks ago about the, the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has all authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Before Abraham was born, he says, I am. That's not true of any other. Another thing I want to I point out here about this man Jesus that makes Him different from anyone else, and, and it, it, it's all to do with about His very nature, turn back to John chapter 1 again. John chapter 1, the very first few verses there. Let's read it from the beginning again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. What does that tell us about Jesus Christ? We already read verse 14 where, where the word became flesh. It's clearly speaking about Jesus Christ who came and was became flesh, the incarnation. What does it tell us now here in these first few verses, verses of John about about who he is and what he did. Cree. Cree. you can say it li- You can speak up. It's okay. I want these guys up on the front here to hear you. They're from Connecticut. You know things are. You know, <laughs> it's not Rhode Islanders. You know we gotta. Oh, we love you guys, really. They they come from Joe Paskowicz's church, and we we're, we're good friends, and so I'm sure he'd pick on me if I was there too. Jesus Christ, Creator. What's the big deal? Oh, oh, just that the Creator came down to the earth that He created. What's the big deal? The Creator, it says here that nothing was made without Him. he's, He's the agent of creation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All creation came through Him, through Jesus. It says in Colossians chapter 1, I won't make you turn there. It says that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. By Him, by the Son, by Jesus Christ, all things were created. It goes on to say in that, in that chapter as well that it, it says that He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. This idea that, that actually, in him, he holds it all together. He holds the universe together by his power. This is the one that came down to take the form of a man. What's the big deal? That was someone's cell phone that vibrated and fell. It wasn't Jesus coming down, just so you know. The Creator came to His creation. What's the big deal? The Creator came to His creation to walk amongst us, to live here for 33 years. Had He ever come here before? The Bible talks about different situations in the Old Testament where we have these appearances of the Lord. We call them Theophanies where God reveals himself and and in some cases some believe it's Christophany where Jesus Christ came and and showed himself in different situations. In Genesis there's three times where it says the Lord appears to Abram, to Abraham. We have the situation in Genesis 32 where Jacob wrestled, it says, with a man. Right? Right? But he goes on to say, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. He, he believed that he, he, was, he was wrestling with God. In the book of Joshua, it says that Joshua had this experience. He says he was near Jericho. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and he asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. It says, Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Was that Jesus Christ? Many believe that it was. He came. Briefly. In the book of Daniel, when the three were thrown into the fire, it says, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Was that him there? He came down briefly, but now, now, in the incarnation, he came and and took flesh to live here. The creator, God, came down. He humbled himself. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, you, you, you say, well, what's the big deal? And people might say to you, what's the big deal? We don't want to talk about it. Well, if, if you know what the scripture teaches about who he is, it's a very big deal. It's very important. And, and for you to know where the, the scriptures are that teach about who he is. Look in chapter 2 of Philippians Starting in verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, And he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What's the big deal? What does the Bible teach us about what happened here? God. God. Very nature, God himself, it says he humbled himself. It says he emptied himself. And he took the very nature of a servant and came and took the form, the flesh of man. Why did he need to do that? Well, the, the, one of the main reasons, one of the most important reasons is that as he came and took the form of man so that he could pay the price for man. He had to die in our place. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. But it says there that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. You and I have the opportunity here and now in this earth, in these lives, to bow at the name of Jesus. The Bible makes it clear that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess but, but we need to do that now. Because if we wait till the day, the judgment day, it's too late. We have the choice now, here. Isn't that a big deal? God came down. God came and gave his life on the cross. God the Son came. Angels, we see back in the book of Luke. Let's turn back to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, angels from heaven announcing this thing. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was born, I don't think there were any angels saying anything. The only thing that I can tell you about my birth is that I was born in a place, a hospital called Mercy Hospital. Now, Think about it. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Look what it says there. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. A star in the sky led the Magi. For any other birth was this true? What's the big deal? Praise and worship of the heavenly host For this child, for this one child, for this birth. What's the big deal? Emmanuel, God with us. God came down. The incarnation, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. What is the big deal? It's a very big deal. A very, very big deal. Whether people acknowledge it or not. Now, I... You know, we think about our society and where we live and what's going on and, and that we can't really expect unbelievers to understand and, and, and to like join us in something they don't believe, right? But for us who do believe, who know Him, it's another story for us to be able to, like we heard this morning, to testify of love, that God came down. What's the big deal, they say to us? We don't really want, you know, to, to acknowledge that. But God came down. It's a very big deal. By the way, um, I, was, I read this and it's, it's true, is that the word Xmas, you know, we, we kind of make fun of that. Well, they've taken Christ out of Christmas. Well, actually, the word X was actually, it's from the Greek language and it's actually the first letter of Christ. So don't feel so bad. When you see, you know, the fish symbol, right? The first letter is what? X, Christ, I can't remember, (sighs) X-O-Y-I-E, you know. Another thing, too, and I hate to burst any bubbles, but Jesus was probably not born in December, Uh, Probably born in the spring. So I read somewhere someone was talking about the fact that there are like really, there are two kind of celebrations going on And, and we can't expect unbelievers to be celebrating the birth of somebody they don't believe in. So if you go to McDonald's and you know, don't get upset with them if they don't say Merry Christmas to you because they don't understand, they don't know. But I, I bet and would hope that if there's a Christian that works there, they would probably say Merry Christmas to you, unless they've been, you know, ordered not to. Most importantly is the fact that he came, that he lived here, that he died, that he rose from the dead, that he ascended into heaven. That God came down, Emmanuel. 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 I want you to turn with me, and we'll we'll finish in these passages in the book of First Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Paul the apostle he's teaching uh, Timothy, who is is one of his. Um, um, he's a mentor for Timothy. I should say, and he's, you know, teaching him about uh, serving, being a servant, being a, a teacher, being a pastor, and, and he, he talks in this chapter about leadership, you know, elders and deacons and that, and, uh, <clears throat> but, but in the middle of it, um, let's look at, at verse, four, start in verse 14, it says, although I hope to come to you soon. Paul says to Timothy, he says, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. He's talking about the church and, and the church of the living God, but he talks about the, the pillar and foundation of the, of the truth, that, that truth is so crucial here. We're not just talking about fairy tales. He says that in the next chapter, he talks about people leaving the truths of the faith to follow fairy tales and lies. Look at verse 16 there in chapter 3. He says, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world and was taken up in glory. What is he talking about here? The incarnation that God came down and all the things that he did. They believe that, they, that these particular words were in such a form that they probably sang them as a, as a song, as a hymn. Jesus Christ, the mystery of Godliness. Do we, do we understand everything about it? No, of course we don't. But we, we know what we know and we, and, and we understand what we read here in the scripture that God came down, Emmanuel. What's the big deal? Chapter 4 in those first uh, <clears throat> five verses speaks about, as I just mentioned, about leaving the faith, abandoning the faith, abandoning good, solid Biblical doctrine, teaching, the foundations. And he says in verse 6, jump down to verse 6, chapter 4. He says, if you point these things out to the brothers, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus. Brought up in what? The truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. The truths of the faith. We've been looking at those this morning. The truths of the faith of who Jesus Christ is. The foundational truths that he is is God, that he has always existed, pre-existent to the creation of the world, that he is the creator, that it all came through him, that he was born of a virgin, that he came, that he lived a, a perfect sinless life so that he might be the perfect sacrifice for you and for me upon that cross to die for me, for you for all of mankind for any who would bow the knee and confess him as lord i feel i feel blessed in a sense to be a part of calvary chapel the bigger picture of calvary chapel because we have had good teaching from day 1 i never had to kind of try to figure out what the truth was i was you know, from I, I became a Christian out of Calvary Chapel in San Diego and, and, and it was always based on the Word of God, based on the, the truths of the faith and the good teaching that, that we have had, beginning with, with Pastor Chuck, just teaching the Word of God. I feel fortunate for that, but, 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 but many have not been so fortunate. Good teaching is crucial. You say, well, it's not as exciting when we, you know, we're, we, you know, we, we want to get all stirred up. And, and you know, we, we, we do that from time to time, too. But, but what about have this foundation, the truth of the faith and the good teaching? I mean, it's crucial. It's essential. That's what's going to get us through in the end. The word of God, uh, the emotion fades. We get a little bit older and we can't dance as well as we used to be able to. What's going to get us through? The Word of God. The teaching of the Scripture. That's what Paul tells Timothy. You'll be a good minister if you, if you focus on those things. And 2 Timothy tells him, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Verse 7 there, he says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly for... Physical training is of some value. It's good to exercise, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And finishing up in verses 9 and 10, he says, This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. He's saying all that to say this is radically important. He says, And for this we labor and strive. We work. We strive. We give our lives for it. He says this here, and this is the statement, that we are. Have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. We have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men. Have you put your hope in the living God? It's it's not enough just to know that God came down. It's not enough just to know that He he gave His life. It's not enough. We, We can't stop there. We've got to put all of our hope in Him. All of our eggs in one basket. That Jesus Christ, the one who who came and he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the father Father except through him. We put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. It's interesting, he says that little statement at the end there God is the Savior of all men, but all men are not saved. But those who believe, those who trust, those who put their hope in him. What's the big deal? I hope that you can answer the question. If someone says that to you. This, is, this has got all the answers. We've got all the answers right here. There's a program called a Charlie Brown Christmas, and have you ever seen it? It's only been around for like 44 years. But someone said this, that one of the highlights of the Christmas season at our house is watching a Charlie Brown Christmas, even more than a wonderful life or a Christmas story, says Charlie Brown Brown reminds us of the reason for the season, fake aluminum Christmas trees, (laughs) Sally's letter to Santa asking for tens and (laughs) twenties, Lucy confiding that all she really wants is real estate. They leave Charlie Brown feeling depressed. She says, we've all been there. Although this iconic television show was created in 1965, its message that Christmas has been hijacked by commercialism still hits home 44 years later. In fact, it's gotten much worse. Charlie Brown in despair asks, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And when Linus steps into the spotlight and reads the story of the birth of Jesus, we all feel better. Sure, it's just a cartoon, but it's a really, really good one. And who doesn't love watching Snoopy dance? It's a good story. What does he do? He reads the scripture. He reads the truth. And everything else comes into perspective, right? The truth of God's word. God came down. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that that it is a big deal that you sent your Son. And forgive us if we have ever, ever, ever made light of the fact that you sent your one and only Son to the earth because you loved us. We sang that song, oh, how you love us. And you sent your Son, your one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, that one son, would not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jesus, we call you Lord. We, we acknowledge you as Lord. And, and I know many, many here have bowed the knee and have confessed you as Lord. I pray that if there be any here this morning that have not bowed the knee and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, today would be the day. Today, even here, even now as we pray, you would simply uh, open your heart and say, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, come in. Thank you for all that you have done, that you came down to earth because you loved us. You lived a perfect life. You went to the cross at Calvary because you loved us. You were buried, you rose from the dead, you ascended into heaven, all because you loved us. We acknowledge you this morning. We thank you that it is a big deal. Give us opportunities, I pray, Lord. Give us opportunities to share with others what a big deal it is. An eternal, eternally important big deal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.